0: to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why in how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for letting me those ears. And if you're watching us on a video platform, thank you for letting me the eyeballs. Today, I think I got a brother in technology, so I'm super excited. Garrett Hess, welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast. How are you
1: doing? Thanks, Victor. I'm doing great. It's awesome to be on your show.
0: Dude, uh, I I came across your book. I left a review on your book because I rarely leave reviews of books. And I came across your book, Selling Is Hard, which caught my attention already, but Buying Is Harder is the title of the book. And I go, you know, it's like it was like a brain twister. I was like, what? And so I saw, I read the description and I saw a few of the reviews. I said, All right, all right,
1: why not? You know, it's 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 you know, I'll buy it on Kindle, why not? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I appreciate you leaving the review and I'm glad to I'm glad to hear the title's a little bit, you know, controversial. <laughs>
0: I was I was like that dog that tilted said huh what yeah. you know and yeah. so I said let me read it and that's then as I was so so again the book and and I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna strongly suggest this is not like a weak suggestion or a weak recommendation I'm gonna strongly suggest you get this book especially if you're 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 doing demos I mean that's the big thing and so let's frame the conversation that this is a great book especially when it comes to understanding not only demos but finding champions in a company and then leveraging those champions and so. Garrett, why don't you give them a little background about who you are, and then you know merge into you know
1: what you're currently doing today, and then the book. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm the founder and CEO of Consensus, and Consensus is software as a service that automates product demonstrations for sales engineering teams, and it helps drive productivity and ultimately enables the sales teams that those sales engineers work with to uh, equip their buyers um, with. Person, you know, automated demos that that they can uh, use to educate themselves more effectively as they go through the buying process. So that's that's um, you know what I'm working on right now, and and we've been at it for about seven years in this company. Um, and you know, the reason I wrote "selling is hard" and "buying is harder," which incidentally, the previous title before the last iteration was mm-hmm. "selling is easy." buying is hard but i <laughs> thought that might be too offensive and it's probably not you know it's not true all of us who sell know that selling is not easy right so uh selling is hard but buying is harder um i you know i hope does attract eyeballs so i was really happy to hear you the first person who's really said oh the title is what got me to read it yeah. um but um but yeah the reason that i i really got into this subject is because um b2b buying is just too hard i mean this is if you look at um, what Amazon has done on the retail space to make buying easier, and you could argue that by them making buying easier, they've, they're dominating the world, right, of retail. Mm-hmm. Um, well, B2B will never be as easy as retail buying, but there is a lot of room for improvement to make buying easier in the B2B space. And, and the same benefits that accrue to Amazon will accrue to any organization that makes buying easier for their buyers. Uh, they will buy from them more often. They'll buy more from them um, and they'll have a better reputation. So um, I, I, I saw this um, particularly with sales engineering and demos because educating on product is one of the most time-intensive part of B2B buying, especially if you're buying enterprise software. And um, you would often do a demo. Uh, this happens every day in most companies. You do a demo for the initial person then they say, oh, I got to go bring in so-and-so. got to do another demo that's two or three weeks down the road oh let's do another demo another three weeks down the road now pretty soon the sales cycle stretches out because you've got anywhere between seven to 15 buying uh, stakeholders in the buying group and so the the as, as I started thinking about this problem of of buyer education and also just how difficult it is to buy um, you know it led to not only Working on product in my, in my own uh, startup here, but also this this endeavor to understand buyer behavior better and how we can have the champions sell on our behalf because that that happens anyway, right? The champion's going to go sell, and they're either going to do a terrible job of it, which is what almost always happens, mm-hmm. or they can do a better job if if you equip them better. So, I mean, the the bottom line is it's all about how do we make this process easier for them. If they make it easier, if it's easier, then They'll move faster and you're more likely to get a, a yes in the, in the purchase decision.
0: That's right. Time kills deals, right? And the longer you stretch it out, you know, that's what happens. By Absolutely. the way, the reason, you, the reason the book spoke to me is i don't know if you knew this but my background i came as electrical engineer so i used oh, to do all the yeah. demos so i yeah. used to do i did more demos than i care to kind of admit and i remember this whole process well now you got to show it to this person now you got to show it to that person like oh yeah is a, know, nuts. yeah it does <laughs> and so so your book like when i read that I go yeah yeah i kept i kept finding myself going yeah yeah you know yeah i love it yeah and i was like <laughs> it makes me knows. happy <laughs> and then when you said, you know, four or five, you got to talk to four or five different, have four or five different meetings just to actually close a deal. Like, I'm like, yeah. And it, it, that fr- I, I I felt your, your angst and frustration coming through the book. Man. <laughs> okay. <And> I, <laughs> I, said, I said, I feel my brother's pain. I feel my <laughs> brother's pain. And one of the things I loved about the book, so let, let, I just want to frame it for the audience. If you do demos today, uh, that's been complicated by the fact that you got more decision makers involved in the buying process, right? And you said yeah. up to 15. I think the average is like 11, depending on whose numbers you use, right? Yeah. But it could be as high as fifty. Studies out there, yeah. Just to say, it's a lot. And so that's I said, many. well, how? <laughs> yeah, and then you talked about, and you, you you say the phrase easily, but I want to spend some time going through it. And you said automated demos, right? And I know yeah. that's like, like, like second language to you. It's easy for you to get that. But what do you mean by an automated demo? So my my, my folks could understand.
1: Well, this is a, it's a pretty big subject to unpack, um, but I'll, I'll try to do it justice in a few, uh, just a mm-hmm. short amount of time. Because when sales engineers think of demos, they think of the big, heavy technical demo, um, or a proof of concept, or something like that. What we've done in some of our research is is as we've observed sales engineers, um, and and as I've been an acting sales engineer in my own role um, at certain points in my career um, sales engineers actually do six different types of demos in a buying cycle um, and, you know just briefly there's a vision demo a micro demo a qualifying demo then the big heavy technical demo then there are what we call closing demos which are just kind of follow-up questions about stuff and then there are these FAQ demos that can happen anytime where hey just can you get on this call there have this question about this and and so um, if you really if you really look at what the The buyers need, they need more than just that big, heavy technical demo. And so what we looked at is how do we make sales engineers more effective? How do we free up more of their time? Because they are just slammed. Every sales engineer on average works with four different salespeople. And you can imagine being pulled in to do six different demo types, not to mention multiples of those demos because of the different stakeholders for all the deals for four different salespeople. I mean, you are just pulled in a million different directions. And so our goal really was to use technology to automate some of some aspects of those demos, the vision demo, micro demo. We're never going to try to automate that heavy technical demo. That, that's super important that that sales engineer, that solution consultant can do that. But what demo automation is, um, is about being able to ask the buyer what is really driving their interests. And it automatically personalizes to their unique interests based on how they respond to certain discovery questions. And once it does that, we it, it targets their persona and then targets them as a person so that every buyer that goes through the process gets educated on the product in a way that's uniquely relevant to them. And then hopefully they'll share that with other people.
0: So, so let me pause before we get to the share of the other people, because that's an important piece. That's a really important piece. <laughs>
1: Because uh, I, I want to make sure everybody's tracking,
0: because they haven't read the book, and I'm telling you, you got to read the book. So you talked about, and I had I had one of those moments again. I was like, oh, I didn't, I never thought about it that way when you talked about six different types of demos. And yeah. the thing is, I used to do them, but I'd never categorized them like you did. That's right. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh my god, this guy's this guy's redefining the show up and throw up. Now you show up and selectively throw up, right? (laughs) How should I throw up on this one? It's a 15-minute throw up. That's a 20-minute throw up. You know, and I was like, he's really defining that. And I go, (laughs) I never looked at it that way, but it was one of those. But when you search internally, you go, that's right. There are different demos. So that was the first, that was one of the big aha moments. I was like, okay, that right there was worth buying the book. And then as you're, what you're talking about right now is that during the discovery process, you figure out what's everybody's dominant buying motive. Why are they wanting to look at this? What's Why would they buy and you get all the major stakeholders. And then you did this little, you did a grid and you had yeah. the stakeholders. And then yep. across the top, you had the type of demos you would do or the information you would send them. And I thought that was just simply brilliant. And I'll break it apart. It was simple and brilliant at the same time. I know I mean, this embarrasses you, I know, but it, it really was. <laughs> it was, I was like, well, thank you. it's so e- because I think that when you could take a complex subject, like how do you get the message to the right person. And then when you gritted it out, I'll call it like that. I was yeah. like, that makes total sense. And so I, I, I wanted to pause there because that, that was brilliant because most people think it's just one demo. Maybe they'll yeah. have, they think demo is temporal by that. I, I got a 15 minute demo. I got a 30 minute demo. I got a 60 minute demo. You're saying, right. no, 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 You're saying, no, 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 there's different types of demos. Yeah. And I want to emphasize that because most people just skip right over this conversation that we're having. Do you
1: want to add something to that? Yeah, well, it, it, those types of demos have to match up to the readiness of the buyer at the stage they're at in the buying process. And, and it has to match up to their persona. And so if you're not, if you're not thinking about where is the buyer in the process and what's their persona and, and adjusting the type of demo you deliver, whether it's live or automated, right? It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, this applies, then you're really hurting the process rather than helping it. If you give, too much information or too little information or the wrong types of information, right. It, it really ends up slowing things down and causing it you know, sticking cogs in the buyer's brain and things like that, that don't need to be there. And so um, the different demo types are all about understanding the buyer and where they're at and what they're thinking about. What are they trying to solve for? What are the tasks they're trying to solve for at that stage and how much or how little do they need to know?
0: Yeah. See, I mean, yeah, that... Like I said, what I loved about the book was like, you're like, only pour into them as much as they need or as much as they care to drink.
1: Yeah. No at more that stage. Yeah. at that stage, wherever they are in the buying process. And I did want to mention just one thing about this buyer matrix, because um, a, a, a good demo automation tool, and, and I would say also buyer enablement ready technology should not only help you um, you know, send out content and track it be a, but be able to compare consumption and the way people interact with it across the buying group. So you can start seeing alignment or misalignment or where there's really strong interest across everybody um, and, and that's why we call that kind of the buyer matrix view um, because our, our whole focus is on how do you discover those buyers? how do you get them what they need at the right stages and then how do you feed all this data what we call demo analytics, because we're focusing on the demo aspect of all this. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you get all this data back to the sales team so they can more effectively kind of guide the buyers through this process?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: By the way, clever phrase, demolytics. Very clever <laughs> phrase. <laughs>
0: so clever. I love that. Demo <laughs> I like the way you just slid that in there. <laughs> You're just gonna change the whole demo game. I-, I love what you said because you can actually that was something that was also in the book that you can actually track. Uh and this we'll get into the whole ch- the champion, the mobilizer sharing, where you talk about you can track who's viewed it and how many times they shared your demos. Correct? Yeah, yeah. So talk about that a little bit. Your demo a little bit about that, because I think that was powerful. That it's that you're not just sending it into a black hole. Do you know what I mean? You can see yeah. what's going on inside.
1: One of the keys to buyer enablement is really understanding the buying group, right? Your your collective brain, your hive mind of your sales organization should know uh, if when I sell this product to this market segment. These are the stakeholders that almost always get involved, and that's one of the things you want to do is map that out um, as part of this process. And then, as you deliver um, demos to that initial champion, you know that the champion could be anyone in that stakeholder group. A lot of times, it's uh, you, you, a, a very similar role from time after time. The goal is to get them to engage and 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 all of that, but also to share it. And as they share it, um, then other stakeholders get involved and. And consensus demo automation platform automatically tailors it to their unique interests. So they're only just sharing this one link, but everybody gets their unique experience. But what comes out of that uh, is that is that demolytics. And so um, it, it's interesting to see um, uh, there was a, a senior uh, global ina- a pre-sales enablement leader at a large, uh, I'd say, one of the largest SaaS organizations in the world, um, was recently talking about this, how... Um, it's a it's about being able to um, discover and engage those stakeholders earlier and he he made this really interesting graphic um, that it shows kind of the circular viral pattern um, and and, and you basically want viral sharing um, inside the organization I call it intraviral because it's not like a YouTube video where you're hoping to share it out you know who cares if somebody watches your demo on YouTube I mean on Facebook or something but you want them to share it with all those stakeholders that get involved. And sometimes our, our customers that use our platform, I was just reading a case study yesterday, one enterprise deal had 35 stakeholders join within just wow. the first few days. Um, wow. And when that happens, it's just magic. And so you can employ a lot of buyer enablement strategies without technology, but technology can really amp up your, your ability to discover and engage those stakeholders faster. Yeah, and I, and I love the fact that your book, it's
0: one of the few books out there that's really dedicated to buyer enablement, right? Helping people make buying decisions. Because I think that's where, you know, people are still focusing on selling. I do, obviously, the Sales yeah. Influence Podcast is focused on selling. Yeah. But I, I even noticed there's a shift. How do we help people buy? Uh, yeah. There was a book by uh, the guys from the uh, CEB that wrote the
1: Challenger Sale. Oh, yeah, uh, the Challenger Customer.
0: Uh, uh, the other one, The the Effortless Experience. I don't know if you ever read that book. I don't think I've read it, that. Uh, War Three, by the way, because okay, it talks cool. about uh, uh, they came up with something called the client effort score. And if I have to apply a lot of effort,
1: then it's not working. Oh yeah, right. And, and so that's, that's a, kind great of what you're saying. Yeah, a great idea. Yeah, great. A great approach is the easier, the more likely, right? And I, you know, one of the things that I I like to say to be a bit, I guess, controversial, make people think is there's no such thing as a complex sale, and. You know, oh, Gary! Gary is going for it. Garrett Gary, Gary is going for it. He's the like, enterprise I'm sales people. reps are like, "I hate you." What do you mean? I've been doing complex sales for twenty years, and I'm an expert at it. And I'll say, "No," but there's only a complex purchase, right? And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." You know, you're just playing with me. But it's really two sides of the same coin. But the side of the coin matters, right? It it really what how you talk about it really matters, and it it reflects how you think about it. And if you think it's a complex sale, what you're focused on. There's all the things I got to do and the, all these complex things I've got to do because there's so many people and so many different aspects going on um, you know, over there that I've got to do all this. It's very complex what I have oh, yeah. to do. On the, on the flip side, if you say it's a complex purchase, it's, oh, it's very complex what the buyers have to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? And then your mindset is, how do I get them through that maze rather than what do I have to do to win the deal?
0: Totally different shift in perspective, right? Yeah. Uh, I was talking to Brett Adamson on, on the Sales Influence podcast, and he highlighted two things. You'll probably agree with this. One is that, you know, five years ago, insight, pro- provocative thoughts was the thing, right? Come up with insight, make them go, huh, never thought about it that way. And now yeah. everybody's offering insight. So insight has become commoditized. And then he said something interesting. So there's a lot of good information out there. That's our new problem. We have a lot of good information. But he also said that buyers spent, I think, 17% of their time in the buying process just trying to reconcile conflicting information and that's also an aspect of helping the buyer make a buying decision and i would assume in your case when you're using the demolytics this stuff is moving all over we're hoping that it's moving going intra viral by the way another very nice phrase to throw in um come up with uh so if it's intra viral within i've never heard that (laughs) within a company Uh, you're kind of like, because it's tailored at the right moment with the right information at the right Mm -hmm. message, you're trying to make it easier for the buyer to make sense
1: of this stuff. Right. Yeah. And one of the big challenges, the conflicting information often comes from different sources. Marketing puts one thing on the website, the salespeople say something else, the sales engineer Mm -hmm. gets on and might mention something that just makes everybody going, "Uh, well, I don't really get the thread. The thread gets lost in there. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that uh, intelligent demo automation can do is help standardize some of that messaging so that if you design your content strategy around these different six different demo types, including mm-hmm. the demo that goes on your website, which is what we call the vision demo um then the 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 message is clear and, and it's true because conflicting messages about uh the positioning or the benefits or anything like that just um uh, really really make it difficult for buyers. And Brent Adamson, by the way, is is a rock star in my view and I, I quote a bare amount of his research in the book, uh, oh, as well as too. a lot of other research in, you know, from from Gartner and other organizations. But anyway, so if you if you can um help make that that's the the education consistent and and not accidentally throw in these incongruent messages to the buyer, then it is just it it really helps them Uh, move faster and also just have more confidence um, in in working with you as an organization.
0: Before I forget to mention, uh, so folks, if you're listening in, go to goconsensus.com to find out about Garen's company and what he does. And before we get into how you can help companies or who your ideal client profile is listening to this, touch a little bit on what I I, I cut you off earlier and I apologize for that. Talk a little bit about equipping the champion to really go in there and be fully equipped to sell for you.
1: So, so I think, um, one of the things to think about is as a salesperson, what's your role? Is it to sell or is it to help the champion sell? Right. And my, and and really there's a mix of both, but my argument in the book is basically that your main role is to equip the champion to sell because that champion almost never makes the purchase by themselves and they've got to go sell to all those other stakeholders however many they are. Um, and, and so Your goal is to use that champion to discover those stakeholders and equip them readily to do that. Um, There's a great example. There there are different ways to equip the champion, right? Of course, we like to talk about demo automation, but there are other ways, too. If you have a a deck, um, um, you might call it an ultimate buying guide, right? Um, I've seen PowerPoint or uh, PDFs. Um, These aren't, I think, as useful in some ways, but... Um, the goal here is to say what is the champion, who do they have to go talk to, and what do those people care about? And at what stage do they care about it? The champion's gonna go, let's say go talk to the CEO. I gotta go talk to the CEO, maybe you're talking to the CMO, we've got to get CEO approval and um or CFO. Well, what is that CFO gonna bring up? Do you want the champion going into that conversation blind? If so, they're gonna get hammered. They're gonna go in with all this sort of naive enthusiasm mm-hmm. because they they they've bought into your vision. And then the CFO is going to say, well, what about this? And what about this? And by the way, we have another product that does X and blah, blah, blah. And they're going to come back deflated and say, hey, I get all these objections. Well, you know that the, the travesty in this is that you as the salesperson know what that CFO is going to tell them. And if you don't equip them to go have that conversation, then you know, you're know you sending the lamb to the slaughter kind of thing. And mm-hmm. and it, re- it really reduces their motivation. So one of your your roles as a, a buying coach and you know as a, a facilitator in this process is to is to know what those potential objections are and educate them up front and say hey when you go talk to that cfo they're going to ask about this and that and the other and you need to be prepared for that well how you do that you know there's a number of different ways to do that so so that's that's one aspect of it is when they go actually have that conversation we like to emphasize putting content that can be shared ahead of the conversation. So this is one of the main roles, in my opinion, of, of Bayern Enablement is putting content in their hands that they can share and then go into that conversation uh, because it it makes it it makes it more effective.
0: And I remember you I think in the book you had these and it's on your website as well, goconsensus.com. Where at different stages, they'll get you the video with a PDF or, you know, they'll get different content pieces. And as I was reading that, Garrett, as you were talking about that, you know, like building your champion, I, I swear to you, I wanted to scream in my office like, yeah, see, he gets it. He gets it. I'm not the only one. He gets it. Because I've been preaching this and people are like, oh, what do you mean? You know, yeah, I got, you got to equip the champion. And yeah. people are like, well, okay, we'll give them information. No, you're not understanding. And it's almost like we we don't train them to go sell internally. Almost we, You know, uh, to me, a champion is like a Trojan horse, you know, send them in.
1: Yeah. 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 And and your point about training is so important. I mean, uh, how much effort goes into training the salespeople in most organizations? I mean, it's enormous. They'll train four to six months sometimes before they let them get Mm -hmm. on a call. And, And yet we let the champion go have these conversations with the other key stakeholders, perhaps the ultimate decision makers with an hour conversation, right? When really, you know, we can't train them for four to six months, but we need to be Conscious about where we're sending them and what, how we're equipping them to do that. Yeah,
0: here's a slingshot. Here's your demo. Go. You know, (laughs) I mean, it's not going to help. It's not going to help. So, uh, so let's pivot a little bit. Uh, Let's say that I'm a company and I'm frustrated. You know, too many demos, long sales cycle. I'm just not getting the uh, the closures I want. The, The closing rate's not there. Where do and I come to a company like? GoConsensus.com. And I speak to a guy named Garen Hess. You know, what process? First of all, who is your ideal client? I think I know already, but I'll highlight that. And then what's the process of me starting to work with you and be putting able, being able to put a plan together?
1: Um, well, I appreciate the questions and the mention of the website. That's very kind of you. Um, first of all, I want to say that buyer enablement in general can be applied to any industry. Um, or any sales process right any buying process you can apply these principles um, as a company we target enterprise software companies um, and we we mostly uh, target sales engineering teams initially, but we love talking to sales teams as well because sales teams are the ones that ultimately benefit from this, but the people that build out these interactive video demos are the sales engineers um, and so we generally have uh, the best success going into sales engineering, they end up bringing in. Uh, speaking of buying groups, sales engineers are the leaders of sales engineering. Is our champion? They go out and gather their their corresponding sales leader as another stakeholder, um, and then uh, the content is built. Uh, these demos, they're screen recordings because we're we're talking about enterprise software. And we do have some hardware customers, but um, you know, ninety eight percent of our customers are probably enterprise software. And they build the screen recordings, put them into the demo format that, that Consensus has for personalizing, um, which is a patented. By the way, we got uh, four patents granted. We're really excited about. Um, just Congratulations! Year, so thanks. And then, um, and then the salespeople then are the ones sending and tracking, and they have to understand which demos you know need to be sent at different stages of the buying process, and all that data flows back to those teams. So. Um, You know, to engage with us, the best thing to do is go out to our website and actually go through our demos. So and we have a, a vision demo on our website um, that'll help you see you know, what we're doing and 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 you can decide whether it makes sense to get involved. So when you work with a company, I mean, do
0: you help them? I mean, I know you have the platform, right? Yeah. Do you help them build out? Uh, I guess I'm trying to define what services on top of the platform do you offer? Make, can you help them with as far as helping them understand the buying process and which type of
1: demo would serve? You know what part
0: of the buying talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, so um, so really it it comes down to what what problems you're trying to solve. So a lot of times it's about um, really uh, increasing pre sales productivity. Uh, That's uh, pre sales people are you know overloaded, and then on the sales side it's about reducing say sales cycle. Um, So what we do is we try to understand what the main business objectives are, and then we we work with we have a consultative. Um, sessions um, about leading indicators, lagging indicators. The leading indicators meaning, oh, we've built, we've defined the content, the demo content strategy, we've built the automated demos, um, we're sending them out, they're getting engaged, people are discovering st- discovering stakeholders, you know, we have certain metrics like that. Then, uh, And that, that always leads to the lagging indicators, which are um, sales cycle, reduction, um, increase in close rates, things like that. You know, the degree to which varies, but um, but we we set that up front. We don't build the content. Um, you know, we don't know these complex products. When you're Correct. talking about Oracle or SAP or um, you know Autodesk, and these are you know just some random customers of ours. But um, we're not going to build that for them. But what we do is we educate on the strategy. Uh, we help consult with them. We teach them the platform, and then they're going to go build that the, the content. And then we'll have the sales kickoff where we help train the salespeople initially. So that's love it. That's that what I thought. It. I just want.
0: Yeah, well, I I, I yeah. didn't think you did that because it would be too hard to do. It's not scalable. The yeah, no. c- give me give me one example, and we can we can begin to wind up with this. Give me one example of a company that I, give me a before and after. You know, yeah. before you got there and after. Give me one.
1: So one of my favorites. uh, there's there's so many stories to tell, but one of my there's favorites so <laughs> is I
0: like that. There's So many. There's is so a many. guy
1: named Brian Oling at SAP, and he runs, um sales enablement and pre-sales enablement kind of for, for Concur, which is a division inside SAP. And after about a year, they doubled their pre-sales output um, without um, increasing. They can handle, I think he said t- they had annually 28,000 demo requests. And he said they've been able to double handling their demo requests um, without wow. increasing the headcount. Um, we've we've seen other increases in productivity, you know, 30, 35% quite frequent, but doubling was kind of, kind of blew my mind. And it's such a prominent organization it was super exciting. Um, just one other that I'll share briefly is uh, a mid-market company called Advanced MD. And those guys um, have been with us for about six years. They came on really early. And they implemented broadly across the organization early. And they sell medical software. And if you think about medical software, you got to get all these doctors involved, yeah. administrators, uh, nurses, n- nurse management, stuff like that. And, um, and they did this test in the first 90 days. Um, they had every other deal they used, buyer enablement and demo automation um, together. And every other deal, the same reps just did it the same old way. Because inside, the, at the time, they used to, they were owned by ADP. And they had to report on this new technology. They had to show an ROI or something, some kind of measurable results. Well, and what they found out is that compared to the control group, the close rate was, uh, was 44% higher than the control group. And it was and the sales cycle shrunk by 68%. And so um, that was just one of the early things that I just went, whoa, this is actually working. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: That, so, by the way, that data point, and I just, I, I just called it the 40-60 rule in my head to remember it. All all right. Right. Increase close rate by 40%, drop your sales cycle by 60%. I mean, the cost savings there, now, yeah. forget about the increased revenue, I got that part, but the cost saving on just the sales cycle, uh, have you calculated some of these numbers? Like, you know, because well, it's got to be astronomical sometimes. If, I mean, 68% sales cycles.
1: We had one customer, another mid-market company, which I, I don't have the right to mention their name, but mm, okay. they, they after using it for one year, they had, a, I think, $130,000 uh, sub- subscription with us um, per year, and they... They uh, reported an eleven point two million dollar return. <laughs> nice. So that That's was nice that was exciting. I was like, we should be charging more. <laughs> <laughs>
0: by the way, just just to make sure my man Garrett's protected, it comes with a little asteroid, Not all results are similar, or will be. You know, the Thank same. You. Yes, exactly. Yeah, these are
1: these are standouts. But what we do yeah. know by 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 experience with enough customers now is you can absolutely uh, drive up your pre sales productivity. And and again, we're not trying to eliminate sales engineers. We're trying to make them more effective in what they do, and um, and help the organization uh, of pre-sales be a, of even more effective service to the sales organization. And then on the sort of business uh, sales side, um, sh- shorter sales cycles, increased close rates. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not to mention just the better client, the buying experience. We did this sure. research, the sales engineering research workload study that showed that. The average time between somebody asking for a demo and getting a demo is a week right hmm. um, and in many organizations, it's two weeks or longer and that's just a bad experience if I want a demo and I have to wait a week, right I'm going to go to your competitor who has a demo that I can get right now and and so it creates an even better a better um reputation for your company.
0: love that the yeah. The one you talked about that you doubled the the, the amount of demos done and but without, you know, increasing the headcount, uh, you know, during this pandemic that we're going through, I would think that this tool is even more valuable. And so, so what have you seen, if you can share, what can you share with me, what you've seen the impact on your business as we're going through this pandemic?
1: Yeah, it's been, it's interesting because we saw as, as there's been a lot of attention on on pre-sales and sales engineering growing in the last little bit, because I would say in a lot of ways, they've been uh, kind of a forgotten role in in the whole go-to-market strategy. As, as we've seen I've increased attention on that, we have saw growth before the pandemic, but uh, the pandemic has definitely um, had an impact in two ways. Like everybody, some customers have said, hey, you know, our budgets are cut and this and that. But I think we've seen uh, a more than compensating impact on the interest in, in digital selling and remote selling and all that. That has mm-hmm. has really increased um, the interest in our technology. So I'm gr- I'm grateful to you know I think we're, a lot of organizations are not getting out of this pandemic very well, and I I feel really uh, blessed to to uh, have a solution that that seems to help. And, and, Correct. And so it's yeah. But
0: you're also coming at it from a new perspective. You know what I mean? You're really introducing, and I don't know if you're the first company. I'm just knowing that you're the, I just know that you're the first person that I've read something to go, oh, I'd never thought about automated demos. I just haven't I think, done that.
1: I think we were the first company.
0: <laughs> were you? But yeah. <laughs> By the way, he's so <laughs> modest at this point. Yeah, we were, Victor. We were. Of course we were. <laughs> love it. So I want to, uh, one last question, because I'd I really love talking to you. So this is future casting here, because because okay. I, I, see, I see potential here. I see a possibility here. He says, "When I look at your when i when I hear when I heard you say DemoLytics, my brain immediately went to AI, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, so this is just another, I guess, cluster of data that I could throw into the mix, so to speak, started in my my machine learning pot to exactly. figure out what deals are going to win or not. Give me add That's some of exactly that. We'll close out with right.
1: that. Yeah, you're 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 talking about exactly where we want to go. I mean, if you think about." Um, demolytics as a new class of data, right? Right now, demo, demoing is kind of a black box. People do demos. Mm-hmm. and And if you're a good organization, you actually track who's doing demos and how many they're doing and if they're successful. But you don't really know what's going on inside the demo. And mm-hmm. this is one way to automate at least some of that. And you think about that data, if you know what personas get involved, how they engage, how they answer the questions across different industries, and you put all that together across thousands of of organizations. Mm-hmm. And and inside, let's say a large organization, you could have your own machine learning that comes up. But then if we took that data anonymized and looked at it across all that mm-hmm. and could feed that back as a prescriptive you know, guidance, right? Mm-hmm. that's that's uh, where I think a lot of this could, could be helpful.
0: Oh, I love it, man. I love it. I don't know. Have you ever read my book, Sales Ex
1: Machina? I haven't. I'll put it's, it on my list. It's... It was
0: reading uh, all the time <laughs> I I like to say it's one of the first books if not the first book on how AI and sales is changing that's so that's my cool. first I gotta read but, it but I, but I, but, I, but I love that you should register demolytics.com if nobody has it by the way but've we have got
1: the trade the <laughs> trademark thankfully but <laughs> oh there you go there you go you should grab the domain as well yeah, it's a great yeah.
0: name it's a great name Thanks. so uh Garen uh give them some more information on where they can find out about you uh
1: the book the website just one more time yeah, the best place for the book, which is called Selling is Hard, Buying is Harder, uh, is just on Amazon. So you can go out there and find that as a paperback or a, um, a Kindle. Um, and if you want to learn more about consensus and intelligent demo automation, it's at goconsensus.com. So love would love, love to talk more to any of you that might be interested.
0: Garrett, thank you for your time. And that is it for the Sales Influence Podcast. Leave me some feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you watch or listen to this podcast. Also, check out goconsensus.com. I strongly recommend, listen to me, I strongly recommend go get the book. Just read it. You're gonna enjoy it. Uh, a lot of aha moments. And what I love about the book again is that it's not a bunch of regurgitated. If I get is that the word? Well, you same stuff. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for a regurgitated. Mess about selling. This is a unique perspective, and that's what I really enjoy about the book. Also, after you check out Garen, go to the SalesVelocityAcademy.com. You know the deal. Over 50 courses, 500 videos on how to sell more effectively. And lastly, this is Victor Antonio with my man, Karen, always reminding you, in his case, that selling is hard, but buying is harder. Victor (laughs) Antonio signing off. Take care.